I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're about to listen to episode 142. This is a replay of one of our greatest hits. It was an interview with Dr. Eric Frickman and his beloved wife, Amy, one of my board members. Amy and Eric talk about how to create family culture and intentionally develop that loyalty and that love and that esteem for one another within your family all the while while you're learning and having a ton of fun. So listen up. This was one of our most listened to podcasts, and I think you'll enjoy it. Well, I'm sitting in beautiful Redlands, California today with my dear friends, Amy and Eric Frickman. Amy is a stay-at-home mom, but she's been trained as a nurse. Eric is an urgent care physician, and they have five amazing children, Catherine, 21, Lizzie, 18, Mary, 16, Thomas, 14, and Caroline, 14. Guess what? They're twins. They are, they, they brought up the rear, did a great job of it as well. So I asked um, Amy and Eric if they would talk a little bit with our listeners on the whole idea of building a family culture and what that looks like for children to be proud and happy and bonded with their family in this day and age. That's a little unusual when some children don't even want to be seen in public with their parents. But um, spending several days at the Frickman's house, having known their children since they're itty bitty, I just see such beautiful fruit from the way that Amy and Eric have parented. And so I wanted to pick their brain. So welcome, Amy and Eric. Hi. Thank you, Carol. So, okay, we're ready for some pearls of wisdom. How have you created the kind of bond that I've observed this week, the way that your children love each other, want to be together, play together, laugh together, read out loud together? How have you done this? So, Carol, in in thinking about today, Eric and I talked a little bit um, what we set out to do. And to tell you the truth, I came from a broken home with a lot of baggage and a lot of hopes and dreams for my own family. And um, Eric and I had the same vision starting out. We wanted our kids to be close. We wanted them to love the Lord. Um and homeschooling was very foreign. I think we said this in a different podcast, but um, it was very foreign to Eric, not to my family. I was homeschooled the first few years, and then I drug Eric to hear Carol when our <laughs> oldest was three, and he came with much skepticism Never. and not <laughs> not on I'm board. Nice, right, yeah. <laughs> he was not on board. Uh-huh. Um, however. We were, we were influenced heavily um, by Carol. Also, my mom mm-hmm. um, read a lot of the same books Carol was recommending at her conference, and I literally never heard of anybody else talking about Patricia St. John except my mom had read those to us. And my mom's philosophy on hard work and, um, you know, a mom being home with her children, mm-hmm. et cetera, was the foundation for what I wanted for my kids mm-hmm. as well. So, And um, Eric, what what – changed your mind? Um, yeah, I mean, it was several different things. I think one for me was just a philosophical understanding that the 
purpose of an, no, I'm sorry, the role of education of a child is the parents, period. It is their role to educate the kids. And that responsibility should not be turned over to a school district or to a private school, that it is our responsibility to educate the kids. So, I mean, that was kind of a philosophical thing that I understood early. And then I also recognized that it wasn't just you know, based on your philosophy, it wasn't based on just, you know, cookie cutter, okay, let's get a curriculum out of a box and let's do that. So I think that was all very appealing. Um, And it's also education being very experiential um, made, I think, it very appealing and it seemed like it was doable. So So how have you, tell us your secrets of how you've Mm -hmm. built this family culture that is so palpable when you come into your house? Well, I think one thing that we really focused on, you know, more so when the kids were younger, but we still do it a fair amount, is reading out loud on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so certainly when, you know, all the kids were younger, it was something that was just a regular part of the day. Um, and now that, you know, the older kids are older, <clears throat> it's obviously not something they are a part of, but when they're home on vacations, they will read with us. Mm-hmm. And so it's something that we continue to have a focus on, just being together as a family or as many of us who are around and uh, having a book being read aloud. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really a piece that kind of keeps us you know, moving things together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't mention that Catherine and Lizzie are both in college. So when you say they're not here, that's because they don't live in this town right now. But um, we were chuckling about the spring break for, was it for Catherine or for Catherine. Liz? For Catherine. Yeah, tell us about that. Well, I misunderstood. Catherine and I had bad communication. I thought she was getting her ticket to come home at spring break and she thought I was doing it. And so yesterday, you know, we, I went to look for tickets and they were $700 and, um, the timing was terrible and things are not available, et cetera. And she's stressed with school this week and such. So all of a sudden I was like, should you even come home, sweetie? It seems like it's going to be shortened and et cetera. And she sent me back this text afterwards that said, you don't understand how much I want to be home with all of you. And I don't want to do anything like I want to be home and I want to be purposeful and spending time with each of my siblings on their own. Um, But I have to come home. I want to be home. And so we ended up finding our cheaper ticket. But, you know, it I just I loved hearing that because I think as thinking about today, um, it is so important that our kids are close to each other and that they have each other mm-hmm. and that they can fall back on each other when life gets hard. And I think I think after talking with Eric this morning, he came back to really it's homeschooling. So you are living your life day in and day out together. And the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, it's not just when it works for us to be together. It's, it's that we live life together. And, um, I sent the, we call them our college girls, a text this morning and said, Hey, what, what do you think it was in your childhood that brought our family together? And it was funny because one of them, I can't remember which one said cooking meals together in the kitchen, just reading together. Um, just the day in and day out. And that's the part that we live. I mean, I feel like my life is hectic and we're home a lot together. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine a life of my kids being gone eight hours a day. Or more. Or more. Mm-hmm. And with after school activities that's and right. such. Um, that's right. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think we were baby parents when we started doing this. And we didn't have the long-term vision of... Um, 
what are we going to do? Let's map this out, what we're going to do to make our family close. But we just lived our day in and day out life together yeah, that's good. as a family. Yeah, um, I would agree. I mean, we had the long, Eric had the long-term vision of homeschooling pretty quickly after he was such a skeptic. <laughs> he, I have, you know, as, and I want to be very authentic here too, that homeschooling is not easy. And there has been times when I want to pull my hair out mm-hmm. and throw these kids out the front door mm-hmm. and say, run to the school that's two doors down. <laughs> but um, Eric has been the steady encourager. What do we have to do to make, um, what do we have to do to make this you work? not stressed? Mm-hmm. So he has been a huge support and a huge, like, like sending him to school is really not an option because we've, this is like, this is a long-term vision. So mm-hmm. we have had the long-term vision of homeschooling. Yeah. Um, but I just would encourage people listening to this, the, the being home together and spending those hours, it's like not something you can kind of define or put in a box. It's yeah. just living life, like yeah. doing everything together. Mm-hmm. I also have to mention that this house has more books in it than the New York Library. (laughs) So you have put your money where your mouth is in terms of what you value, what you model. The culture that you've built in your home is a literary culture. You decorate with books. Every child has their own books, and they belong to them in their bedroom, and don't take my book. And there's just this love for books that pervades your life. And and it's what you do on vacation. Yeah, talk about travel, Eric. That's a big core value in your family. Yeah, well, you know, I grew up traveling when I was a kid, and I thought it was wonderful, and I thought it was a really good way to learn about the world and learn how to respect other people and other you know, people with differences, et cetera. Um, and, you know, Amy traveled some when she was a kid, but it's something that we, you know, and then when we got married, we traveled some. Um, you know, we did a little bit of mission work as well as we did some other stuff that allowed us to travel. Um, so when the kids came along, you know, we decided that we wanted to keep doing that. And obviously traveling with kids is a lot different. Um, but I think traveling has been a big deal in terms of bringing our family together. Um, and it's not just, you know, the traveling, but it's, you know, we do long, we do road trips, whether they're long trips or short trips. You know, road trips are wonderful for a family because guess what? You're reading in the car together. You have to experience everything in a small, confined environment. Um, so I think road trips have been very helpful. Um, and then the other thing we've tried to do is we've tried to have the kids um, be part of the planning of some of the travel. Mm. So it's like, well, whatever, whatever countries we're going to or states, we'll have you know, them research ahead. Okay, what is something we can do there that might be interesting for them to, you know, historical or some fun thing or whatever. And so we've been able to travel a fair amount. Um, and, I, you know, and I think the kids have really appreciated it. And it, it's made travel more fun for us too. Um, certainly much more expensive. Um, <laughs> but, it is, but it is absolutely fun. Um, and, and it's not just long distance travel. I mean, I think people think like, well, yeah, fine. You guys can travel long distance, but you know, regardless of where you live, there are local things you can do. You know, we live in Southern California, so we have the mountains and the desert and the beach. And so there are things we can do around here, but regardless of what other part of the country you live in, there's cultural things, there are nature things. There's always a forest or, you know, some kind of, you know, open area that you can go do things in and doing that kind of stuff as a family and being intentional about it, I think is very helpful. Mm-hmm. How have you taught your kids to love each other and to get along? Can we skip that question? No. <laughs> no. I don't know. I would, Go ahead. Oh, I would say it's one of the um, – they fight. I mean, they, they argue. They all Rarely. have intense personalities. But Rarely. They're, they're no. very – 
very loyal to each other. And I think that is something that um, the ones, and I'm going to, I don't mean to throw specific children under the bus, but (laughs) our 16-year-old and our 14-year-old son used to butt heads like crazy. And it used to just make me feel like, what is going on here? Like, this is serious character issues. And all of a sudden I'm turning around and they are like, the defender of each other now. And there's this, there's this, when I'm frustrated at Thomas for not doing what he's supposed to and getting distracted or whatever, Mario will be like, mom, just have patience with him. You know, his heart is in the right place or something like that, you know, and the twins, of course, they have that special bond. They're each other's best friend as far as like loyalty and such. But I think, I think it is also conf looking, seeing, a character issue or a f- something that they need to work on and sitting down and really saying, what's going on in your heart? What is the issue here? I can obviously tell you're frustrated. And same thing with Eric and I. I mean, we, during COVID, when everybody was staying home in 2020, we had, our oldest had been in Spain studying. She flew home. And I remember when the twins were born, we had said, there's going to be a time when we have five teenagers. <laughs> and it happened to be 2020, when we had five teenagers that were home with us for a long time, which was such a blessing. But, you know, teenagers, they get frustrated, Eric and I, you know, and they're frustrating at times, but they're great. I mean, there, there is, the whole teenage thing is really non-existent as far as, as far as rebellion or, I mean, yes, our kids go through phases where they can be snarky or whatever, but I'd say it's like, let's talk about this. Let's find out, are you angry? Are you upset? You know, whatever. So I think we have that time to do that too. Yes. And it's so obvious that your kids adore each other. There's family jokes. There's bonding. There's loyalty. I've been in situations, (coughs) excuse me, where the children, if there's a guest around, they use that time to undermine another sibling, make them look small, make them look foolish. Your children are just the opposite. I can I feel like they're cheering for each other, and there's just a real pride in the other siblings. And um, as you said, the word loyalty. There's a huge culture of loyalty in your home to each other, and it's not fake. But they genuinely, and I've, I've loved watching the twins, so obviously you have one boy, and he's full of testosterone and wants to talk about football all day. <laughs> to Carol. <laughs> yeah, to me, which is, he's really wasting the oxygen on that. But, but I love the way that his twin sister, Caroline, just sits and smiles whenever he talks, as opposed to rolling her eyes, which is very common among siblings. It's really exciting. It's a beautiful thing to see. On Sunday afternoon, February 5th, I will be in Loma Linda, California, teaching my basic seminar called A Literature-Based Approach to Education. And I have exciting news for you. My son, JJ, will be joining me to co-teach with me that day. In this seminar, we will teach you everything you need to know to keep homeschooling simple. Recently, someone said this, quote, Carol's seminars have been a breath of fresh air. They are realistic for the 21st century mom to implement. I'm no longer carrying a burden that's impossible to bear. I'm focusing on where each of my children are and creating a thriving family rhythm and culture. 
Join JJ and me and other like-minded families in Southern California to learn how to simplify homeschooling, focus on what matters most, and how to give your children a world-class education. Attendees will receive 11 pages of book lists, have access to a seminar-exclusive book sale, and have an opportunity to submit questions for the panel discussion at the end of the day. You don't want to miss it. And don't forget, dads and teens come with moms at no extra charge. Click the link in the show notes to learn more and register today. Now back to the show. Um, I want to talk about work. How have you gotten your kids to be such great workers? Well, I think it's you know a couple parts. One is you know Amy and I don't shy away from work. Um, you know I've got a full time job. Amy has more than a full time job at the house, and it's just you know so number one is you know I don't think they see us lazing around and you know not doing stuff. Nor have we historically hired a bunch of external help to help us out with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up, when I grew up, I mowed my parents' lawn when I was younger. Um, my brothers did it. You know, they were older than me. And so that was kind of just a value I had that, you know, you take care of your lawn. And even though we have a good-sized lawn and a fair amount of bushes and stuff on our grounds here, um, you know, we have, for the most part, never had anybody, you know, do our lawn. As the girls got older, I would have them be doing things. And, you know, now that, you know, Thomas and Caroline are 14 they're and Mary, they're all responsible for taking care of the lawn and the bushes. And then... Amy and I are out there, you know, doing hedging and trimming and pruning, and there's always stuff to do. I remember my dad said once uh, when I first bought when I bought my first house, he said, "When you own a home, you're never bored." <laughs> and so that pretty much has been the case. Um, and so we involve our kids and stuff. And it's not just we assign things for them, but I mean, you know, at a young age, we would get the kids out. And that, and as you know, Carol, because you talk about this, when kids are young, they want to do this stuff. They want to copy mom. They want to copy dad. <clears throat> so I remember doing that with Catherine. I'd be out mowing the lawn, and she'd be out there with her little wagon pulling it right behind me. And so, you know, that's the kind of thing. And then you involve them in doing stuff, and then they now do, you know, the bulk of that kind of work. Um, and so, and it's fun to get everybody out there working together. There are still times when we are all out there working, depending on what the issue is, or get them out there raking up the leaves, or you know, filling pruning this, or putting out filling trash cans, whatever the deal is. So, I think that's you know, it's and it's not just yard work, but I mean that's kind of an easy one. But you know, we were painting a fence not long ago, and the kids were out there, you know, painting with us. We we redid some of our front fence not long ago, and Thomas and I were out there sinking the concrete posts and digging the old ones out, and and cutting the boards and we had the kids paint and everything so you know I, we involve everybody in it and i just think since they've been doing it since they were at a young age you know it's kind of something that not only they expect to do it but they enjoy doing most of the stuff it's not mm-hmm. to say they enjoy doing all of it um but you know for the most part i see them engaged and you know doing a good job yeah and what i love seeing is amy or you are giving orders like okay who's come on everybody who's going to vacuum come on i need these dishes done Da-da-da-da. i have not heard one argument none nothing and that's very unusual. I don't know if you get out much, but it's Try not. <laughs> well. I mean, I, I will say this: you know, the kids aren't perfect, nor are we. Um, but there are times we ask them to get done, and you know, we'll have no response, and then we're like, okay, and then we assign it to someone, or there's a time maybe the response isn't necessarily arguing back, but it may be a bit more of a passive, you know, uh, I'm just going to do it later or whatever. So there is some of that. I mean, I can't say, you know, we're all perfect. Um, but for the most part, they, and, and, I, and I'm talking a lot about yard work, but in the kitchen too. I mean, the kids will usually do stuff in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. um, uh, the kids now old enough and, you know, some of them are really involved and they like to cook and they like to bake. 
Um, and so that's something that's you know really neat that they're all involved in that. Mm-hmm. When Mary was gone for a few days, <clears throat> excuse me, Amy really missed her expertise in the kitchen, and we'd have salads, and she'd be like, oh, if only Mary were here, because Mary is my dressing maker, and so this isn't up to snuff. <laughs> like, what does that tell you? You've given them a lot of responsibility and ownership, and they're really good at it as a result. I was going to say one more thing that I was going to talk about when we were talking about being all together all the time and yeah. having the time of homeschooling. Yes. Um, this was one of the things my mom um was just a rock star as far as being forward thinking, but she really felt like moms should be home with their kids. Amen. And there was a um, someone who was kind of a contemporary to her who had published books and such who um, said it's not it's not quantity, it's quality of time you spend with your kids. And my mom hated that and totally disagreed with her and said. You cannot fit into a certain kids are not going to fit into your time frame. They're going to need you at weird times, weird for, you know, off the wall reasons. And even just this morning, I was telling Carol that I feel like the enemy was really trying to attack what I was trying to do with the kids Mm -hmm. by um, different issues coming up. And then one of our college girls called with a something she was dealing with. And, you know, it's like, no, the other ones understand that we're going to stop what we're doing. We're going to talk through this and help her with what's going on. And so I think it's, I think that's another plug as far as, um, not a plug, mm-hmm. that's the wrong word, but just yeah, with having a close knit family, it, and my mom was, my mom's an amazing person and really reminds me of Carol in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the fact that Kids need their parents. Yeah. They need you to (laughs) model for them. They need you to um, work alongside them. It's not like we we do now because our kids are teenagers. But, you know, when we were filling trash cans, I remember I used to be almost angry at Eric because he would hedge every boxwood and privet in our yard. And then he'd be like, I got all the hedging done. You and the kids can fill the trash cans. And we would be filling trash cans for like days. And it would take him like two hours to hedge everything. Anyway, but you know, it's like we are with them living life. And so I just wanted to make sure and say that little thing about quantity versus quality, because I think we are under a really misconception that moms can do everything and be everything and have a full career and homeschool and raise their children and keep a beautiful home and have friends over. And you really can't. We yeah. were not designed to be that way. Amen. And I know when I get too much heaped on my plate, I'm not good at any of those things. Right. So the joy evaporates. The joy is taking out of homeschooling. Totally. So. Totally. Yeah. Good point. yeah. No, no, it's just good. So if you were meeting with a young couple starting out, talk about having meals together. What, what, why is that important? I mean, can't we just watch it in front of the screen or drive through a drive-in? Or what, what, what's the importance of a meal? Well, I mean, you know, nothing against fast food, even though I'm not the biggest fan of it. But, you know, if a family has to get fast food, that's fine. Get it, but then take it home and then sit around the dinner table and eat it. Because um, I know there's a lot of people under a lot of pressure in terms of time. Um, but no, I you, again, this is, has to be intentional when your kids are little to sit around the dining table or the kitchen table, whatever table you have, 
um, and to be intentional about, you know, eating together. Um, and it's not just having the meal together, which is wonderful because what typically happens, people share stories, they share about their day, they share questions they have, et cetera. Um, but it's also an opportunity to read. There's times where during mealtime, we will, if we have a good read aloud going and the kids are excited <laughs> or whatever, or we're out about the end of the book, we'll do it. Or in the morning, if we have time, uh, we'll do kind of more of a morning devotion, kind of a morning worship type thing. Um, and, you know, my job you know, being in urgent care, my hours are a little bit erratic. Sometimes I work evening shifts, sometimes I work day shifts. And so, you know, if I'm working an evening shift, um, we'll have our, me our meal time together as a family be lunch. And so you have to kind of think about this kind of stuff. And, you know, I wouldn't say be clever about it, but you have to be intentional about thinking about it ahead um, so that you, are, you do have that meal time together. Mm -hmm. I don't know. If get older, it's even more important because, yeah. um, you know, now we have kids that drive and they make their plans. But it is funny. Mary, who's our 16-year-old who's driving, she is my one that comes to me and says, okay, what's the plan for the day? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, they don't just make their plans and skip meals. Mm -hmm. They make their plans. Like right. when is dad working this week? Can I kind of write it in? So I know when we'll be together. Mm -hmm. So that, that's, that's mm -hmm. a natural thing that hasn't been necessarily, um, intentional. It's just the, the environment that yeah. we've, that we've, yeah. they've you grown up in. And I don't know if you're aware of the research on this, but when they look at um, emotional health and intelligence and success, that the number one factor of out of everything is whether that child ate in a meal with their family every day, usually a dinner. But like you said, Eric, when you're on a weird schedule, sometimes it can be lunch or mm -hmm. breakfast. It doesn't matter. But that idea of that intentionality and that focus as a family where you all come together and nothing interrupts this. And that is essential for a child's emotional well-being and mental health. So what you've accomplished just by doing that, I know last night as Eric, your mom was here, and it was just so fun and how all the kids were engaging with Grammy. And she was just telling us unbelievable stories that we were just drinking in and loving every minute of. And that, that, was, that was family time. True. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was good. Good yeah. stuff. So anything else, a young family knocks on your door and says, we want to grow up to look like you. We want our kids to look like you. We don't want our kids going to jail when they're 13. How, what would you tell them? Less is more. If I could go back and do the early years, I would be less stressed. And I really feel like the Lord is putting on my heart that this is kind of my mission as I have older ones and I have the perspective of looking back, um, I see so many young families starting out that are stressing over the detail, the minors. And I, what's the quote? It says, don't, don't stress about the, the little stuff. It's all the majors stuff. and the minor, like, you know, just there, there is things to be very intentional about, but if at all, if you're getting stressed, step back, keep it simple. And, um, I say, listen to Carol's um, beginning seminar. Um, what do we want for our kids? We want them to love the Lord. We want them to love each other. And um, we don't, I mean, academics come. Oh, this is another thing. I'm just sorry, Carol. I have to say this mm -hmm. part is that um, I wish I'd done less with my older ones. They're doing great in college. And um, I am so enjoying the younger ones and less stressed about dotting the I's and crossing the T's because that stuff comes, but this other stuff is, is the majors. So the character was, issues, mm -hmm, the character. Issues. Yeah. I think one thing, you know, advice for a young family would be 
be intentional about doing things as a family. Number two, and this is something that we haven't talked about at all, um, but I know, Carol, you're really big on anti-media and having screens around the house. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I say, you know, uh, you know, family time, that doesn't mean sitting around and watching a TV show. Now, do you think, okay, the Frickmans, like, never watch TV together and, you know, we completely are a, a Luddite when it comes to, you know, technology? The answer is no. And we actually, now the kids are older, we'll actually sit around and watch a movie together. And it's actually really fun family time to actually sit around and watch a movie or a show together as a family. But it's not something that's our default, and it's not something that the kids are then on a screen all the time or that they don't want to leave the screen to go do something family. Mm-hmm. So if you can keep your kids off screens you know, until they're significantly older, then they're not going to want to default to that, and they're not going to want to feel like they have to text all their friends or check Snapchat or social media all the time. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, media is one thing that, uh, you know, yes, my, our older kids have cell phones, um, and you know, obviously we do, <clears throat> but it's something that if you can keep that stuff away and not have an iPad be the babysitter when kids are young. Yeah. And keep, yeah, no TVs in the bedrooms. Um, yeah, no screens in the bedroom. If you can keep that going as long as possible, you're far more likely to be able to then bring the family together for those kind of special times we talked about. Yeah. That is really profound because the media people want your children for themselves and who are your children going to bond with? And as a friend of mine said, with six children, the younger you expose them to screens, the more bonded they will be to those screens. Right. It's frightening. Okay. I would add to Carol, um, the socialization piece too. I think um, the young families that I've talked to are are worried about their kids fitting in socially or fitting um, or having social connections and all this stuff. And I just really would encourage you to make your family the, the social when they're younger mm-hmm. and don't stress about that. Mm-hmm. I would actually go as far, and, and this I've talked a lot to our friends, the Mansons, who have eight children. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it's so easy to worry about that, I guess. Um, but really... Your kids really need to, I, I would say no to more outside things. Yes. I would, I would, and if you start feeling stressed and such, really limit that. Pull mm-hmm. back and cut out those things mm-hmm. because really your kids need to be heavily influenced by you, mm-hmm. especially in the early years. Amen. Um, the social stuff comes. I mean, yes. I, I, I All right, I want to testify. All right, I want to yes. testify. So Saturday, we did our seminar here in Loma Linda. Saturday. Or Sunday, sorry. Uh, Sunday afternoon. And I just loved seeing all the homeschool teenagers running the seminar, all bonding with each other. They're all best friends. They're like cousins, really, growing up in the homeschool community together, that not only are they not socialized, but they are highly socialized. They're not petty. They're not undermining. They're not mean to each other like most kids who've been in school from my experience as a child. It's the opposite. Again, I'm seeing this like loyalty even among the homeschool kids with each other. They've grown up together as friends and I say almost like cousins and I see the fruit of that and they're amazing. Like Thomas, your youngest, was like the debutante the whole day. Like he was just, he couldn't, he couldn't spend enough time with all of his different buddies and seeing everyone and helping do all the work and running the sound system and setting up chairs and cutting the brownies. And I'm just, I'm watching these kids and I'm thinking these are model kids. They are fun. They are smart. They are delightful. 
and and they're having a great life because they have bonded with their parents and their family, so they're very secure, they're very confident. And then you get them out in public, and they're just they're in their element. They're not odd. And I think too, Carol, it's not because they were around a bunch of other kids when they were little. That's right. They're around. They you. did. I mean, they we were involved at church, and we had people in our home and stuff. But I mean, I would really encourage to encourage young families to keep the week sacred mm-hmm. as far as like they don't need to be doing a bunch of stuff with mm-hmm. other kids um <clears throat> you know like make make the times really special like oh saturday night we're gonna have friends over to play games i mean that's another thing our kid and i know <laughs> but we love games as I a family know. so we are thrilled when we can find a game that seven <laughs> people can play because it's like a really hard number to play certain games with right. so i mean if you you know, and and that that does take energy on your part as a mother and a father to to have people over, and usually it's lots of people because it's a big you're family. feeding twenty people, that's right, or you're having twenty people over to play games, mm-hmm. and so it does take energy. But I mean, your kids look forward to that; they help you. I mean, you're not doing it by totally. yourself, so totally. um, I think the social stuff totally comes, mm-hmm. and they will be able to talk to little tiny kids to their grandparents that they will be able to hang out and honestly like thomas was praying that carol would stay longer because it's so much fun to have her here (laughs) and he just loves people staying with us anyone who comes i mean he doesn't care if it's an elderly couple from church we're having over praise the lord we're having friends over you know and and that's how all of our kids feel i mean it it is fun to have people over and Mm. so i think the social thing yeah and and social screens and all the social media and stuff are not going to help any of that no they undermine so they do everything you're trying they to make accomplish. a fake facade yeah too. exactly like spend the time with real friendships Amen. real people so anyway well eric any last thoughts then you can close this in prayer no i sounds i i mean i, I assume we were we got you what you were looking for yes so <laughs> very anyways. much <clears throat> no i don't have very any closing so. comments i think that's great all so. right well, I just want to close with, say before you pray that your children are irresistible and I love being with your kids and I don't say that lightly. Most teenagers, I kind of like, oh. but your kids, I have thoroughly loved being with them and they have shown me such hospitality and it's just been, you know, obviously giving up a bedroom for me. It's just so many issues, but the, the food, the care, the they jump up and are doing the dishes, whatever. It's just, it's such a pleasure to be with your kids, and I, I really mean that, and that is the fruit of your labor. So we've enjoyed it. I wish I could go back and do it again. It's been so much fun, mm-hmm. and and really, I'm going to say one more thing. Sorry, mm-hmm. last thing, Carol. Yeah. It's just. I have to say, looking back, that there's so many ways to homeschool in this era. I mean, everything is at your fingertips. Too much is at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. And that's why I we are so appreciative of Carol. Um, and her method is, I believe, the only way to sustain homeschooling because it is centered around literature and being together and doing all of life together. It's not like we sit in a box and do school. It's like our whole life is learning and enjoying each other. And so I think I would impart too to these young families just to really 
um, either purchase Carol's seminar, get to a seminar, do something so that um, you have these lists of great books and just read through them and and do not make it overcomplicated. Mm-hmm. And the world is going to pre- the homeschooling world is going to press in on you mm-hmm. and try to get you to do all this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And really, if you want to homeschool, don't make it home school at home. Read great books and enjoy life together. Mm-hmm. Don't have school at home. I forgot to say that on Sunday, and I realized it afterwards. Mm-hmm. That is something Dr. Moore taught us. And also the seminar you're talking about, a literature-based approach. Yes, I yeah, I couldn't remember either. I'm like, okay, which one? Which yeah, one? Yeah, names, yeah. So really seminar one. number one that we have on the on our um, web store, whatever you call it. Um, yes. And then put blinders on so you're not listening to the world around you because yes. it works and it's so fun. I mean, it's so enjoyable mm-hmm. to read all these books. The books on the lists literally are so wonderful that you as a, I'm 47, I can read every book on that list and love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the beauty too. It's not drudgery mm-hmm. to homeschool your kids. And it's very inexpensive. Yes. yes. With a good library. Yes. <laughs> With a good library. <laughs> good friends of the library. That's right. That's right. So, all right, Mr. Eric, you want to close this? Dr. Eric, um, you want to close this in prayer? Sure. I just want to say that we feel very blessed to be able to homeschool, and we feel just very blessed to have the kids we have. So somehow the Lord blessed us, and we really obviously appreciate it. So. And we've loved having Carol here. <clears throat> it's been really fun. I may never home. leave. <laughs> Breakfast in bed. It's out of control. <laughs> wow. Okay. I know. Maybe I should stay here. <laughs> I know. Okay, if you'll stay in bed, I'll bring Brian. All right, let's pray. Lord, we are thankful for this opportunity uh, to talk about <clears throat> educating the next generation, Lord, and living a life that fulfills um, you know, your mandate to families and to parents to educate your children and to train up, train up a child so that they you know, learn the instruction and they learn your ways, Lord. I just pray, Lord, for our children that they continue to follow you and seek your path, Lord, and seek seek your word and your direction for their lives, Lord. Please continue to be with Amy and I um, as we continue to raise our kids, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you be with Carol and her ministry um, that she has, and we know she's influenced thousands and thousands, Lord, and I just pray that that continue and that you continue to watch over all of us, Lord. In your name, amen. 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 But thank you, Amy and Eric, for being with us. And thank you, listeners, for joining us this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating and a review. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be great. Visit my website, caroljoyside.com, to subscribe to our weekly email and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.